We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome into the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast i'm steve perez joined as always by dusty evely sarah kelleher guys football is back and whew, that was uh that was that was pretty rough, guys. I'm not gonna lie. How are we doing? Is everybody fully recovered? Sarah, how are you doing down in Florida? Yeah, football is back, and so is the feeling of sadness. Um, <laughs> you know, we were all excited and ready to go, and then week one Packers just came out in full force, and it sucks. It, rem- it I think it was very humbling. It reminded me very quickly that although I love this time of the year, that I put too much of my happiness um, into this team and that when they stink it up that I get very sad. And then I have to hear from people at work the next couple days about how bad the Packers looked and, Oh, are you worried? But we move on and I'm looking forward to the bears game this week, but yeah, that, that kind of sucked. But Hey, my thought process was at least I didn't have to drive two and a half hours and sit in a hundred degree weather to watch him come out flat this year. I just got to do it <laughs> on my couch. So that, that was an improvement for me. Yeah, I'm good, man. Yeah, I obviously would have liked to win a better outcome, but long years ago, I've learned to do dead in my emotions around the Packers. So I'm good, man. I just, 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 you know, kill your feelings and you're good to go. Um, I've spent, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't get a chance to, to watch most of the game live. So I kind of watch it uh, as a condensed version after the fact. So that, you know, maybe that's part of it. But generally, I'm okay by the next day. I'm kind of digging into the film and trying to figure out what happens. I've kind of made my passes. I've got a few other things I'm looking at here over the next day or two, but yeah, I'm, I think there was uh, it's, it's one of those things too. Like it was the, the, the score was not great when I'm being 23, seven, uh, but it never felt that close. Um, it never really felt in reach, but still it was like two to three plays away from the Packers actually winning that thing. If Watson catches that first pass, that's one. If, uh, if if Dylan is not stopped on fourth and goal, if he just kind of gets in or if he gets in on the prior play, that little swing pass, and there's like one one or two other plays in there that if if those go a different way, the Packers win. So it's kind of those, yeah, it's it was ugly, but they also did a lot more nice things than I kind of thought they did. So I'm I'm doing all right. Obviously, 0-1 is not as good as 1-0, but uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Doing all right. I'm ready, ready, for, uh, ready for week two. I was just, I felt like confused by the whole game. Like I didn't, 
didn't understand a lot of like the play calling. I didn't understand a lot of like Aaron Rodgers decision-making. Um, like it felt like, you know, you send, you send Watson on the deep ball right away and clearly he can stretch a defense. Mm-hmm. And he didn't really see that that much more after that. Like you didn't see those goal routes from him a lot. So, I mean, there was that, there was like the defense letting Justin Jefferson, like the guy you <laughs> have to stop, just go off. Like when you've got Jair, like guarding a, a tight end. So there was a lot of miscons, like things that we had talked about that we thought we knew about the Packers and how, what they were going to look like, what they were going to do. And none of it, it felt like none of it happened. And it was like from the, the get go, that first play after that first play, it was like, nah, we're done. This isn't going to happen today. Not today. Uh, just pack it up. We'll, we'll, we'll catch you guys in green Bay next time. So that's kind of what it had the feeling. So I'd say, you know, I, I would say that halftime was probably the best uh, for me. <laughs> Like, you know, that's all I can think of at this point. But so let's get let's move on. Let's wipe the slate clean. Packers are 0 and 1. Um, the Bears actually did pull off victory. So they're 1 and 0. Vikings 1 and 0. And the Lions are 0 and 1. So very unfamiliar things in the standings for Packers fans, but still early on. Guys, we got a couple things just to touch on a little bit, news and notes wise. Caleb Jones, the huge offensive tackle was moved up from the practice squad to the 53 today. They also, in a corresponding move, put Chris Barnes on the IR, which isn't shocking to anybody. And then uh, my guy, Quay Walker, he was playing really well in the game, but got some sort of injury. And they said the plan right now is to kind of let him rest for the week. And hopefully he should be ready to roll for Sunday night. So fingers crossed that'll all go well. So, Looks like, from what I can tell, they avoided major injuries with everybody. While Barnes is going to the IR, most likely should be able to return. Um, did you guys have, Sarah, any takeaways from you know any of these news today? Anything pop out for you? Yeah, nothing crazy. I mean, Barnes, like you said, no surprise. And I know that they said it was a high ankle sprain. And so I'm glad it, it wasn't more serious than that. Um, you know, it looked really bad when they brought out the air cast right away. But I know that those ankle sprains can be really difficult to come back from. They can be re-aggravated really easily. And so hopefully that's not the case in that, you know, they can pull them off IR when the time is right and, you know, when they're able to, um, but wasn't too shocked there. Um, with Quay Walker, yeah, I, I tweeted Quay Walker is insane during the game because he was just flying around everywhere making plays and that was super exciting to see. So more than anything, that one's just a bummer. It's like, okay, it doesn't seem like he's seriously injured, but I was really excited about what I saw, and I'd love to see more of it. Um, and then with some of the changes on the O-line, not too shocking there considering some of um, just the in- the minor injuries they had, and who knows where Jenkins and Bakhtiari are going to be at this week. Um, so I think they're just kind of playing it safe, and since they had that free up free spot, figured that they would add additional depth there. Yeah, we talked a little earlier, but man, like the Packers went from they got a lot of depth at linebacker. This is the deepest group to like just not having that in a hurry. We went from the starting of Campbell and Quay and then, well, you got Barnes behind him, who, you know, was a starter, even if he's somewhat limited and McDuffie, who's shown some nice things to now it's it's Campbell and McDuffie, I assume, unless they pick someone else up or convert someone, uh, kind of throw someone else in there. That's it's uh, I don't know. It it it. it Took a turn in a hurry. I think with the defensive line being good and stout up front, doing some nice things, I think that mitigates that a little bit, which is nice. But it is, it's, it, it comes at you real quick, man. Comes at you real quick. Yeah, I was seeing, I saw something where they were 
apparently they were using like Quay and Campbell as outside linebackers, having mm-hmm. uh, Barnes and stay in the middle or McDuffie in the middle. Like, I, and I forget who put that out, but it was saying he was talking about how he did he doubts that they have that much faith in McDuffie to man the middle by himself by putting those guys back on the end. So hopefully it won't be too bad. Um, and Barnes will be able to come back, you know, after four, six, eight games, something like that. So hopefully it'll be pretty good. Sarah, we are back officially with the Pat McAfee show and Aaron Rodgers. You watched it. Now, uh, why don't you tell us about it? Sure. So definitely, if you hadn't seen this one, I would tune in. I know towards the end of last season, everyone started to back away from it a little bit because the original topics were no longer being discussed. But this one was primarily about football and about the game and what's next and Rogers' feelings and just some overall pretty entertaining conversations. So, you know, they started off right away. They talked about, you know, Pat asked him if he moved on from the loss and he basically said, you know, there's no choice. You have to at this point, it's Tuesday. So we had to learn from our mistakes and go from there. He joked that it was an improvement from last year in week one because they scored seven versus three. So glad he can uh, feel confident enough to make that joke after two back-to-back week one um, embarrassing showings is how I would describe it. Um, and, you know, he mentioned, and Dusty, you kind of talked about this before, that a few plays could have changed the game. Um, you know, mentioned the Watson play, the play on the one-yard line. Um, but he said that's the beauty of the NFL, that sometimes all it takes is a couple plays like that, and it's a completely different game. Um, he actually said, which I don't know if I totally agree with this, that he thought the O-line played really well. Um, he just said that they need to get the ball to 28 and 33 more, you know, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, which, yeah, I agree on that too. When they started to cook a little, it seemed like they would abandon the run game and start throwing and forcing things again. Um, so yes, Aaron Rodgers, that's correct. I would like to see more of that against the bears this week. Um, (laughs) he did talk about his conversation with Christian Watson and about the drop. And, you know, he said there's not much to say there because Christian knows that he should have caught the pass and that that they talked about, you know, on pretty much from Thursday on that. Yeah. They're going to open the game like that, that if he runs this route correctly and they catch him off guard, that he could score a touchdown, you know, on his first career catch in the NFL. Um, But, you know, he said it hurts when there's drops and that there's always going to be drops. You just wish they aren't for a touchdown or for a big game changing play like that. He, he called it a mental mistake more than anything, and he said that that's what killed the Packers over the weekend is that they just made too many little mental mistakes and that they added up, and that's ultimately why they lost the game. Um, and thought that was interesting, but he said that's really what his anger was because they asked him, you know, the cameras were all zoomed in on you, getting really angry on the bench and yelling and dropping the F-bomb, and he said it was just because of the mental mistakes that he made, that the team were making, and that he didn't really think that it was because that they didn't play in preseason. He mentioned that preseason, you know, long story short, isn't realistic. It's not um, realistic with different scenarios and the coverages that the defenses are putting out, um, but that the practice reps are the most important. And so they had gotten things right in practice that they felt good about, um, and then they just didn't execute them in the game. Uh, They did talk a little bit about uh, the Vikings new coach and, you know, he seemed animated. He seems like 
that he really has kind of changed the culture in Minnesota and guys seem excited to play for the team, excited to play under him. Um, and he said that Aaron Rodgers said that Kevin is actually an old workout buddy of his um, in San Diego. So I thought that was interesting. He said, you know, he, he was always a good guy, knew what he's doing. So he's sure that he's doing all those same things in Minnesota too. Talked about Justin Jefferson. You know, there was that clip going around on Twitter of him giving him a hug after the game. And Aaron Rodgers said, you know, you were the best player on the field. And he said, I meant that. I absolutely meant that. You know, he talked a little bit about how he thinks that Justin Jefferson has really watched some of the best players in the NFL and tried to emulate what they do specifically with their route running. And he said, I I think he's watching a lot of Devontae Adams tape because his routes look really smooth and really similar to what Devontae used to do on the Packers. Uh, Talked a little bit about, you know, messing around with Darius Smith and the block and getting, he he got beat up quite a bit over the weekend, Rogers, but he said, body's feeling well. He feels like he just played his first game in eight months. So didn't expect to feel any different there. Um, and that's really it. They talked about the haircut a little bit. They said, why did you finally cut the hair? He said he saw a picture from the NFL honors, which is, you know, when he's got that really long hair, the brown khaki suit. And he said he saw it and said, you know, after I finish my hippie stuff, my hippie cleanse is what he called it. I'm I'm going to cut this because this isn't good. I don't feel good about it. Um, And then he cut it and he said by the time he had free time, it would just happen to be last week and he made the executive decision um, to do so. But, you know, he said he's enjoyed getting to know some of the younger guys. Yes, they'll be growing pains. They'll have to be patient. But seems like number 12 feels pretty good about what the Packers have. He knows that certain things will be a work in progress, but that they also have the key pieces they need to be successful and to be a winning team this year. Awesome, yeah. Sounds like a good one. Back to uh, back to some actual conversations as opposed to a little bit more like politically inclined uh, stuff. So definitely, if you haven't checked it out, make sure to get some of those highlights off of Twitter. Um, all right, guys, let's let's do our thing. Let's talk about the Packers' offense and their opponent this week, who is going to be the Bears on Sunday Night Football at Lambeau for the home opener. So one thing we're looking for. Um, that we will be kind of discussing here and then um, we'll do some score predictions afterwards. But Sarah, we'll start with you as to one thing that you're looking for from the Packers offense this week. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's happening daily. 
We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Yeah, sounds good. And, you know, we, we didn't discuss beforehand. I was a few minutes late. So don't worry, Steve. I won't be able to steal any of your answers this week. Um, so you're welcome in advance. Um, I mean, I said that literally during the show, like before the show. So you're literally stealing what I was talking about right right to it before. But I oh see how God. it is. Well, you know what would be really funny is if I actually stole your answer and we didn't even discuss it. So anyways. <laughs> if I throw my one, hands up in disgust, you'll know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the one thing I'm looking for this week, and it's, it's really more um, on the Bears side of things and just kind of how the Packers react to it. But the Bears defense is a big part of why they won the game, especially the pressures that they were applying up front. Um, so they did not blitz Trey Lance to play the 49ers. If you did not already know that on any of his 34 dropbacks and still got pressure on him 12 times. Um, and they really limited him doing that. And they had two sacks and three scrambles. Um, and the Vikings really took advantage of the Packers weak O-line in different areas there this past week and putting pressure on Rogers and it caused problems. So what I'm going to be looking for is just how, much the Bears blitz the Packers, what kind of pressure that they're applying, and how Aaron Rodgers responds to this. It seemed like this past week that Rodgers really held on to the ball for a little bit longer than he needed to. And sometimes, I mean, there were multiple times where I watched it on TV, I'm like, just get rid of it. Just get rid of it quickly. And when Rodgers is dealing it out really quickly, we've seen him do it. I mean, the one example that I think of every year is the Eagles game a few years ago where they just shredded the Eagles because they played quickly and they got the ball out quick every single time. Um, and I wish they would do that more. Um, so I'm really curious, you know, what happens here? The Packers gave up 11 pressures, um, per football focus, Hanson and Newman had seven of them. So curious if Zach Tom gets the nod this week, um, there at the line seems like he did a little bit better at protecting Rogers and at giving him a few more minutes or a few more minutes, a few more seconds in the pocket. Uh, so I'm really just going to be looking for the pressure that the bears apply, how the Packers, respond to it, especially Aaron Rodgers. And hopefully the O-line holds up a little bit more and create can create some of those gaps for Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, just like Aaron Rodgers wants him to. Well, good. You didn't steal my answer. so I Yeah, well, that. you didn't give me a look, so I felt good. I was nervous. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I think I'm going to be watching a few things in this game, but number one, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers and his decision-making skills. Like, he was not on his game at the Vikings. I mean, outside of the first throw, um, I, I didn't, that wasn't an Aaron Rodgers game that we're used to. And so I think I'm going to be watching him. And the second part that I'm going to be watching is going to be 
actually still involving Aaron Rodgers, but it's the the rookie wide receivers. So there were uh, there's a bunch of screen screen grabs that are floating around, and I know those are a little bit harder to trust because you can look you can look open in a screen grab when you're when it'll take long like the when you're not actually open. But from the looks of it, it did seem like there were guys that were getting open that Roger wasn't making the right read. So I want to make sure I want to see if he is trusting in those rookie wide receivers and will still throw the balls to them, even though he hasn't officially built up his trust fully in them. So I think those are two big things and just, you know, getting that offense clicking a lot more, just felt like it stumbled out of the gate and they never, never got their footing back again. So um, hopefully it'll be, be a bears loss, but I mean, I, I think I watched that game as well, Sarah and, I did not come away from that game thinking that the Bears were a good team at all. Like they got really lucky on a few penalties that extended drives that took things away from the 49ers. Like they got a good, they got a fumble like right after Debo Samuel was like, was flying around almost in the, in the red zone. And so that was a very, I think the Bears were very lucky that that game was played in the rain that much because that really helped them um, slow things down. And I think, um, there, there's definitely going to be some spots that the Packers can take advantage of. So, uh, with a heady quarterback like Rogers, as long as he's playing on his game, like there were spots that Trey Lance could have been more effective. So overall, I still think it's going to be a, a victory, but, um, yeah, I'm not too, not too scared at this point. Yeah. I mean, the conditions were terrible. Oh, the field was... looked terrible. Everything looked terrible. Um, and my thought process too, because at first I, I started to worry, you know, I, I was kind of being pessimistic about this, like, oh my gosh, they looked really bad in week one. Now they're down a game in the division right away. They have to play another division opponent next week. Um, but then I remembered that Aaron Rodgers enjoys beating the Bears more than any other team in the NFL and that he will probably be so excited that this is the opportunity for them to bounce back and hopefully just absolutely shred them. That's, that's what I'm looking forward to. So. Yeah. Um, uh, without going too far down this road, um, just for my own part, I, I, I tend to stay away from uh screen grab analysis just because it is, like you said, Steve, I mean, you, you alluded to it. There's so much you miss in that. There's so much you look at that. That man is wide open. Well, there's, what was the pre-snap? What was the post-snap? What a lot of those you'll see, like that guy's open. What's he doing? And then if you expand the picture or run that forward, a tick of a second, you'll see a, like a linebacker or a corner flying from the other side, looking to take that away. Mm-hmm. So not saying that Rogers reads are always, you know, correct. And that maybe he did miss some guys. I, I think those, I think more than often, even this past game, I think he tended to, to do the right thing. And I think some of those reads got a little shorter as the game went on, just because, the line was not necessarily holding up and I think it rushed his decision-making, uh, but that screen grab stuff, it's, it gets real misleading in a hurry, man. Um, so, Hey, caution out there, everyone. Um, what I'm going to be looking at is specifically the play action, um, how the Packers do in play action and more specifically how the bears play that. So Packers do a decent amount of play action, not a ton this past week um, that they have always been like middle of the pack in terms of play action in the league. And that's it's the league has been trending upwards this past week. They use play action on, it was 23% of the dropbacks. He was, so it was nine dropbacks in total. He Rogers was five for seven. So about 70% completion percentage uh, for 57 yards, which is 8.1 yards per yards per attempt. Pretty good game. Pretty good game overall. I was going to throw Trey Lance's numbers out there, but it doesn't matter because as we just said, they played in just 
they were literally had like rubber squeegees and they're just pushing rain off the field, just a total mud bowl. Uh, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to bring up Lance's numbers. What I would bring up is how the bears tend to play that. So this is something, so the league has trended towards, they say we haven't hit the breaking point yet in terms of how much play action you can use because studies have shown you don't have to run the ball effectively for play action to work. You just have to show that you're willing to run under certain looks. And then that, that will, but some of that's human nature, right? The, the linebackers have been taught since Pop Warner, if we see play action, you have to trigger up, you have to take a couple steps towards the ball. And offenses have been pushing that to its breaking point. We're going to run play action 50% of the time, and we'll see, are you still going to come up even if we're not running? So what? So the new Bears head coach is Matt Eberflus, who was a defensive coordinator in Indy. Uh, the, last year, maybe the last couple of years, I can't remember how long he was there. What Indy had been doing under Eberflus was really interesting because they, they have not been biting on that stuff. They don't bite on play action. They they take like a shuffle step towards the line, and that's it. And if they need the support, they rally late because what's the difference between a four-yard run and a six-yard run a couple times a game? It doesn't ultimately matter, but by playing that play action, by sitting back like that, it allows you to take away the throwing lanes behind you, which is what you're doing with play action. You're drawing the linebackers up and you're tackling the space behind them. The 49ers did this to perfection in the divisional round, just took away the play action game entirely because if Fred Warner and I can't remember, uh, Dre Greenlaw, I think, did not bite on that and they just sat back and it made those lanes for everything play action not play action made they clog those throwing lanes back there the bears were doing a lot of that same stuff against the niners under eberflus as head coach they're not moving they do the play fake those bears linebackers were just sitting there so i'm really curious to see how if the packers learn their lesson or have any different approach from what they did against the niners against the niners they kind of just abandoned play action so now i'm kind of wondering how do, how do they look at this? So they assume the same thing. So you kind of abandon that deep middle, but maybe you throw some shallow crossers in there because if those guys are going to sit back, you can't hit the deep middle. You can't hit those like 10 to 15 yard digs, but you can hit a five yard drag route with room to run because of the way those guys are dropping. So that's to me, that's what I'm looking at. What, what are they doing? Because the Bears look like they're going to take that same approach Iberfus did in Indy. How do the Packers attack that when they use play action and how effective are they with that? Uh, so that's, that's what I'm going to be watching. All right, guys, we do. Uh, we did score prediction last week, and we all took the L because we all took the Packers. So uh, I'll send it 0-1, but let's uh, let's get some predictions for this week. What do we think is going to happen? Uh, Sarah, we'll start on your end. Yeah, so quick question before we do. How do we want to keep track? Like, if let's say we all pick the Packers to win again this week, would we all get a point, or would it be like the person who was the closest I think we've done it before. It was the person who was the closest, yeah. um, but no, that takes work to do. We did, we did not do closest. We did. Um, we all got the correct. I think it was that we, because we did this two years ago. We did prop bets last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was, if you do guess, guess the score correct, you get a bonus like win as a differentiator. Okay. okay. Got it. Because all normally right. we end up all picking the Packers anyway. Yeah, so right now we're like we're all at zero essentially. Yes. Okay, I just want to make sure because I'm actually going to try to do a better job of keeping track of the points this year because I feel like in week eight or nine every year we're like, what are we at? We don't remember, <laughs> and we have to go back and listen. Okay, so it's on the record, so we've committed to this now. I'm going to take a Packers win, of course, um, and I'm going to say Packers 24, Bears 17. I think the Packers are going to win this. It'll be fine, but. 
There were some things that, like we talked about, looked a bit shaky in, in week one. There might be some issues here and there, but that they'll pull away. And it'll be that the Bears score late. I think this game will feel like the Packers are going to win for most of the game and it'll feel comfortable, um, but that the score will just maybe look a little closer than we thought. I'm going to throw some numbers out that the Packers had in the dope sheet today. So in their past two meetings against the Bears at Lambeau Field, uh, the Packers have scored 40-plus points in each of those matchups, including last year that was the game that everything went terrible for special teams and the Bears had some long plays and the Packers put up 40 and just just ran them off the court anyway. In their six games under the floor, the Packers have only turned the ball over once, one time, against the Bears in six meetings against the Bears. They're plus 12 turnover differential. And if you guys watch, I know rain game, all that, you guys watch that Bears game the same way I did Field certainly had some balls that should have been picked off. So I'm looking for turnover to there and likely then the Packers kind of, you know, don't do that. And that for lastly, in their past 14 games, this is insane. The past 14 games, the Packers have scored 406 points and the Bears have scored 215. That comes out to the Packers winning on average in their past 14 matchups, the Packers winning by 14 points. The average score of the game of the past 14 games 29 to 16 or 29 to 15 roughly. So I'm going to, I'm going to go in that ballpark cause I'm lazy and I don't really feel like thinking it through or anything. <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go 28. Uh, I'll go 28, 17. We'll give the bears a little bump because maybe they're feeling good and the Packers are still figuring some stuff out, but I'll go, I'll go 28, 17. Big numbers guy this week. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to go Packers 31, to 20. So I've got them all written down as well, Sarah. So hopefully our tracking system will be better this year. We can, we do. Yeah. I doubt it. I really doubt it knowing us, but (laughs) uh, we still do need help with a punishment. We haven't come up with anything. So if anybody has any ideas, please let us know. All right, guys, I think it's about that time. Let's do some questions. We got a couple of good ones um, mixed in with all the notifications about what does your podcasting setup look like. So that was pretty fun to kind of take a peek peek behind the the curtain of everybody's podcasting stuff. So I still haven't posted a pic of mine because mine is just my desk for work as well. And it's not really super exciting at all about mine. You can see the one cool thing that you can see is my my Aaron Rodgers bobblehead of when he's wearing his, but it's not even a bobblehead. It's the uh, I forget what the hell these things are called. Oh, the Funko Pops, yeah, yeah. When he's wearing the Super Bowl champion hat, that was my daughter's present to me for Father's Day. So that was the only thing I got that's there. But so yeah, otherwise it's just like a desk and some screens and stuff. It's not really that cool. All right. Um, let's see. First question we got is from Don. What did you think of the Rodgers goofing around with Z after Z sacked him? Did you sad eat or lose your appetite like I did? Dusty, uh, what did you think of, of Rodgers and Z? Yeah, I got I got a chuckle out of it. Steve had to remind me before the before we what what she was talking about. It wasn't it wasn't because I didn't I I watched the condensed version of the game kind of after the fact. So it wasn't it wasn't a sack. It was the the end around. I think to Christian Watson and Rogers. You could see it coming from a mile away. Rogers goes to line up Z like he's gonna block, and you're like, oh, that's you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. And Z just takes him out, and he kind of comes back at him afterwards. I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. I mean, for the most part, I think these. these things with the players and, you know, everyone's well, 
this blah 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 blah. I, th- I think it's it's more the f- playing it up for the fans. I think the fans care about that stuff more than the players do. So I enjoyed it. I don't. I don't. There's very few guys who leave a team and then I'm like actually upset with them. I don't. I, it doesn't bother me too much. I think it's like it's fun when guys still maintain those friendships. Except I don't. I heard that after people leave the Packers, everyone hates Rogers. Was my understanding. So I, it confused me a little. You know why? Why doesn't he hate him like everyone's supposed to? But uh, no, I I gotta. I got a chuckle out of it after I was happy that Rogers didn't like break his shoulder on the way down or something like that. Did you sad eat or lose your appetite? I no, I was I was snacking and I I laughed uh, with you know a mouthful or whatever the devil it was I was eating. So yeah, no, I uh, I got a, I happy ate. I happy ate. For me, I thought it was kind of funny. Honestly, I I got a kick out of it. I was it it was kind of. Um, if you've ever seen the meme of the kid where he's smiling and laughing and then all of a sudden he gets sad, um, because <laughs> that, that was me for a couple of reasons. At first, I'm like, haha, it's always funny when guys have friendly beef like that. And then I was like, oh, but Zedaria Smith left and I'm kind of sad just about how all that went down. And then also I got roasted on the podcast for stealing Steve's answer for this. <laughs> and there was n- not even like a celebration after the sack. They just... We're all friendly and loved each other. And I'm like, no, I went through all this for nothing. And so <laughs> then I got a little bit sad, but whatever. It was fine. You know, I've definitely seen worse. Um, and did I sad eat or lose my appetite? No, I just kept eating. I um, I had some great, I had made a cheese and salami and fruit plate that I had right at the start of the game. And then I tried a new white chicken chili soup recipe in the slow cooker all day. That was ready right around halftime. So I was eating that in the second half and it was quite good. Um, So I was excited to try a new recipe. And honestly, the Packers could have lost, you know, 70 to zero. And I just would have been happy to have my football food back. Nice. Um, Yeah, I thought it was funny. I I was laughing when, you know, he's stumbling on the ground trying to get up so he can run at him. And you see both of them smiling already. Like, it was just funny. And, I mean, it kind of is what it is at this point. I mean, as Dusty said, when you saw him lining him up, like, I'm going to go block this guy. Like, dude, you are 37, 38. You should not not be doing this. It's not worth it. No. (laughs) No, you're going to go try to hit tackle Z? Like, what are you doing? This is not – uh, not in the right state of mind here, but um, I did like the same like everybody else. I kept, I just kind of kept eating. I had made chili, uh, started cooking at nine in the morning, so had that thing in the slow cooker all day. Had started eating around a little after halftime, and yeah, that was real, real good. So, um, yeah, I just kind of kept eating all throughout the game. Next question. After watching 12's post-game press conference, what were your takeaways? Did you feel his response embodied that of a leader? Dusty, I'll start with you. Yeah, it's funny because I watched it uh, just a little before recording. And then as Sarah was talking about McAfee, it was a lot of the same points, honestly. Um, Nagler brought this up to some degree, I think yesterday or a couple days ago, must have been yesterday, I guess, about the body language police kind of coming out and saying, well, he was yelling. He doesn't. He's so mad. Like that, that makes the headlines, that makes the stories, but he tends to kind of, when he gets in these press conference settings, he tends to level out. Like he, he said, I mean, up front, I think is one of his answers, I think to the first question was like, basically said, listen, we, we had our chances. We shot ourselves in the foot, myself included. Like I did, I did not play my best game. He mentioned multiple times the interception. 
uh, that was he's he actually I think he said something like it wasn't blocked up necessarily the way it was supposed to be, but also I need to throw that away. That's a bad decision on my part. I don't need to throw that ball. That ball needs to be thrown away. That was a bad decision. So he kind of he did he always does a really good job of kind of taking the blame on himself to some extent and without throwing guys under the bus. I don't feel like he does that. He'll kind of address the issues where they are, you know, with, with the Christian Watson, same thing, same thing that Sarah mentioned on McAfee. He said, you know, there was a drop. He's like, the drop doesn't, that doesn't upset me. We're going to have drops. It's the mental mistakes. It's the lack of execution, which LaFleur, obviously he kind of, he parroted the same stuff in his, his press conference. It was like these LaFleur kept saying effort is there, but we had too many mistakes and the execution wasn't there. And that was kind of the theme of Rogers thing. Like, yeah, we, we had some mistakes. We need to clean things up. We need to be better. Communication needs to be better, but I also didn't play my best game. So I thought it was, you know, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. We don't know the kind of leader he is back there, but I've always thought his, his post game press conferences, he doesn't, he doesn't have a tendency to throw guys under the bus. He doesn't say, well, if this guy had done this better, we would have won. He, that's, he doesn't really do that. So I thought, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily the best judge of this stuff, uh, but I do think I think just listen to his press conference. I think he shouldered a lot of the blame for himself and kind of in broad generalities talked about how he needed to clean stuff up. And again, included himself in that group. So I, I will say, yeah, I think his his responses uh, responses embody that of a leader. And this this question I will say came from Unknown Packers podcast. I know they've been on a bit of a hiatus, uh, so I don't know if this means that they're maybe they're gonna start firing stuff back up again. Uh, it'd be nice to see them back up, back up and running with uh, Bryce and Ken there. So uh, hope, hope you get back up and running guys. I always love your stuff. For me, I always think that the Aaron Rodgers discussion of whether he's a good leader or not is so overdone. I feel like we go through this every single year. Um, and my takeaway from the press conference was just that they're going to move on that it wasn't the best, nobody's happy about it, and there's nothing that they can do to change it. Um, You know, I I felt like his responses, even if people didn't feel like, oh, that's what a leader should say, that what has always mattered for the Packers is what Rodgers does in the locker room and what he does at practice every week. And it seems like he has good relationships with the guys on the team every year. You know, he talked about it. I didn't go into it at length, but on McAfee, he talked about you know, eating lunch and sitting down in the cafeteria and getting to know some of the rookies or some of the new guys on the roster. If you're not a good leader, you you don't care about that. You're not going to do that and try to get to know people. He talked about how excited he is that now that the COVID protocols are loosened up a little bit, that they can go to he can go to the O line dinners and host them for dinner or go to their place for dinner. And that's what I think they're looking for in a leader. That even after a tough loss. They can still do that and have fun, and I think they'll be just fine. And that he'll continue to lead the way that he has. And you know, the last two years they've gone, they've won thirteen games. So hopefully that recipe continues to work well. I just I don't understand. Like I saw this this take a lot on Twitter oh, about how he wasn't being a strong leader, and he this isn't what I want from my quarterback. You know, pouting on the sideline and and all that that crap, and like. I was talking to Dusty before Sarah even jumped on, and I, I was like, what are these people – like, what do you expect? Do you, what have we seen from Aaron Rodgers for the last 17 years? He's not the rah-rah guy. He's not going to go up to somebody and, like, 
all right, you got it next time, pal. And like, that's not who he is. He's a fiery guy when he's competing. The same thing with Tom Brady. He gets fiery. He gets upset. But that's the type of, of player leader that he is on the field. And again, like we don't see every single second of the sidelines. So we don't know if he went up to Christian Watson, gave him a pat on the shoulder and go, don't worry about it, kid. You got it next time. We don't know. Like, there's so much that we don't know. And I, I like I don't expect Aaron Rodgers to do that, like to be that guy and change automatically in year 17. Um, so, no, I'm, I'm not worried about him as a leader. I'm not worried about, um, you know, the way like like Dusty said, he's taking ownership for his mistakes. And, you know, like I think I saw an interview where he's like, yeah, he's like, like with the rookies, we need them to advance a little bit faster than they normally would. But he's like, I'm going to be there and help them in practice. I'm going to, when I do need to light their ass up, I'm going to do that too. Like, that's just who he is. Like, I don't understand the whole concept of like, all of a sudden he needs to change and be this different person. So, um, I don't know. Hopefully that answers your question. Uh, but Dusty, I also agree with you. Hopefully the guys come back from unknown. They always put out some good stuff. So hopefully they'll be coming back sometime soon. Next question we got, uh, it's the week of the home opener for Green Bay. So as a fan from Russia, like me, uh, what can I cook at home for a taste of Wisconsin culture? And the second question is, why didn't the Packers bring any veteran O-linemen with all the uncertainty around Bakhtiari and Jenkins? Um, Sarah, we didn't talk to you about this one, but do you have an answer ready to go for a meal, or do you need a minute to think? Um, let me think about it for a sec. So Dusty, right. you can go Dusty, first. Dusty, go ahead. Yeah, for a meal, man, this is real easy. You do, do some beer brats. I haven't done these in a while, but there's a, there's a couple things. I did not look up anything on this. This is from my memory that hopefully is not failing me too badly when I would do them. Uh, a couple of keys. One of the keys is get, get a, get a dark beer, get a nice beer. I would do, I would always get like Miller high life. It's like, well, it's cheap. I'll do it. But you don't really get the flavor. It doesn't quite soak in there. So you want something dark. You want a porter, a, t- a smoky porter. My go-to is always the um, I think Great Lights Edmund Fitzgerald because it's real dark. It's, it's real smoky. It's amazing. You do that. You get some onions. If you're feeling froggy, a little bit of garlic. You want to marinate them for a little bit. If you can go up to 12 hours if you want, do at least a few hours. Then boil them a bit, just a little bit. Let that flavor soak in. Throw them on the grill. Grill them up, save some of the onions, and use those as a topping. So that's that's my go-to. It's it has never steered me wrong. It's been a long time since I've done them, but as I was thinking about it, it's like I got to do those again, man, because uh, they can be real good. So do beer butts because you can do them yourself, and they're amazing. Um, and as far as the O lineman thing, I don't know. I have a tough time with this one because they've got some developmental guys. You know, obviously, I think you know they hope Bakhtiari and Jenkins will be back, and we don't know what internally what they believe the timeline was. But I think they like some of those guys in the building, even if we didn't necessarily like them. And I think after seeing some of the stuff Jake Hansen put on tape, like maybe like he probably should not be out there. But also, you run into I don't know what what lineman. What veteran lineman? Dennis Kelly was brought in. You know, obviously Valdir a couple of years ago was that was a really good pickup. Dennis Kelly was brought in, and when he was pressed into service, he was fine, and then like pretty bad in a playoff game. Uh, but we were being Steve were talking ahead of time. Like Makai Becton went down in New York, so they signed Dwayne Brown, forty year old Dwayne Brown, because he was still sitting out there a month before the season, and then we find out why he was sitting out there a month before the season because he just went on IR. Like a lot of these guys that are around these veteran linemen 
yeah, maybe you can strike gold. Maybe you can get a good stopgap. But I think they like the guys that they had there in the building to do that without risking one of those spots for a veteran guy that may not hold up. So that's that's my I, – I mean, I would have liked to have seen them bolster the position. I just I just think maybe the guys were not quite there that they hoped were going to be there. I, I'm a big fan, and it's basic, but I love a good fish fry. Whenever I go to Wisconsin, we always make sure that we leave on Friday so that we can go Friday night and get a fish fry somewhere. Um, and I know usually in Wisconsin, because it's like a regional fish there, it's walleye or another freshwater fish, but having a freshwater fish, frying it up, having some french fries with it, cheese curds, that. It's just the best. And I, I I don't eat it really ever unless I'm in Wisconsin. So it definitely feels like a Wisconsin thing. It can bring a taste of, as um, you know, they mentioned a Wisconsin culture into your home. I've I've only made it myself one time and I'll have to say it, it, it was delicious. Um, so definitely recommend that. And then why the Packers didn't bring any veteran O-linemen with all the uncertainty, I, you know, I, I think there were just setbacks, that, especially with Bakhtiari, that they weren't anticipating. And we've heard it time and time again, yes, that the injuries that he's recovering from right now, are it's not that original ACL tear that happened in practice for the NFC Championship game. There have been other setbacks since then. I don't think they're totally aware. They were totally aware that was going to happen. And with Jenkins, I think they just feel good about what they have. They're confident that when he comes back, he'll be ready to go and that he can bring something positive to the table but you know they always pride themselves in having a depot line and one that doesn't need to be super super experienced but that can be versatile more than anything and I think they they have that and they're just hoping for the best but like Dusty said yeah I think everyone would breathe a little easier if both those guys were back I would say uh, just cook what I cooked this weekend and actually make some chili it was uh, <laughs> it was unbelievably good I had a, I had a did a couple of things differently than I normally do. And if you do ever want a recipe for that, you can feel free to D to DM me. But um, I took one of Dusty's pieces of advice and cooked the onions and the garlic beforehand in uh, with some chipotle peppers and adobo. And that gives it a really smoky flavor, which is really good. And then I used ground beef and hot Italian sausage this time. Um, so that made it give even more of a kick. And then I, to go even crazier, I doused that sucker in hot sauce. So um, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was really, but it was really good. So I, I enjoyed it. But yeah, if you ever want the full recipe, let me know. Um, and then as far as why they didn't bring any veteran O-lines, uh, I saw Nagler tweet this out earlier this week. Uh, the Packers have drafted nine offensive linemen in the last three drafts, three a year. And so they, we may not understand it as fans, they seem to like that room. Same thing with the wide receivers. Why didn't they bring in anybody new? Why didn't they bring in any veterans? Why didn't they bring they like they they like the room the way that they have it? Why didn't they sign Julio Jones? It's just we as fans may see things differently, but the Packers front office really trust those kids. And I mean, like they said, um, you know, they, they thought they put out their best five. And not a lot of people agree with that, but that's what they thought was their best five. So um, I think that's kind of why they didn't do that. Next question, Matt Pickett. It's Bears Week. What are your favorite and least favorite Bears-related moments? And food question, what's your favorite Chicago-related food? So, uh, Dusty, we'll start, start with you again. I'll go uh, – I feel like we talk about Bears moments a lot. I can go 2013 is the big one. But I will go with one that, that 
came up and I hadn't thought about it in a while. If you've watched the Super Bowl DVD a thousand times like I have, it's one you remember. And it was before the week 17 game, Donald Driver talking to, I want to say Lance Briggs. I can't remember who it was. Because Wasn't the Packers, Greg Jennings? Well, it was great. Was it Greg? I was thinking it was Driver. Uh, one of the two, I was thinking yeah. it was Driver, and it was before the game, and it's they needed that win to get in. And Driver saying, "Come on, man, let us in. Come on, man, just let us win. So we can get in." And he's like, "Oh, we're not going to let you win." And the Packers end up winning ten three, and then obviously end up end up winning the Super Bowl. But that that little moment before that game, uh, that always killed me. I enjoyed that. And then I don't know, least favorite. I don't know, man. Like when he broke his collarbone, I guess probably like that wasn't that great because was like, that was. <laughs> Well, like week five or something. And they were, cause I think that was, uh, I didn't look any of this up. That was 2015, I believe. Cause they're coming off 2014. They had that really good season. 2015 was starting off well. And I like, this man, they might be able to finish what they, what they couldn't finish last year. And then he broke his collarbone. So that one just, you know, I, you can go back further than that, but that one, that one broke my heart. And then uh, Chicago related food. I'll go. Um, I was going to finish Chicago hot dog, get, uh, get some relish, some chopped tomatoes, to, uh, chopped onions, tomatoes, peppers, throw a pickle on there, get some mustard. It's not something I'm going to eat all the time. Listen, I'm not saying pizza because like the deep dish Chicago style pizza, like, no, I'm, I'm, Ooh. I'm a grown man. I don't, I don't need that. But the Chicago hot dog, I get down with the Chicago hot dog occasionally. So that's, that's the way I'll go. It's like one of your worst food takes of all time, Dusty. You and I both know that's not true. I, I, I agree know. with him, though. I agree. Yes. yes. I'm not a big fan of the deep dish pizza. It's too much. Yeah. Yeah, if I wanted a loaf of bread, I'd buy a loaf of bread. Exactly. Where do you get this deep dish from? Like, No, one of the fancy places. My sister-in-law is from, is from Chicago, so we've been up there, and I've been to the, I don't remember their names, the the, the big places, and yeah. it's like, this is this is fine. I it, I don't hate it. It's just, it's fine it's not something i would choose to get uh unless i'm up there like you know once every now and then to say i did it but no i'm good <laughs> awkward <laughs> it's Is not it's not awkward I, yeah no i me and sarah feel fine you're the one that's awkward me and sarah are fine with this the one who lived in chicago you guys have horrible taste in food god those mm. hot dogs are awful well, most, I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Chicago food, I guess. It's the Apparently, best I could yeah. find. <laughs> All right, Sarah, what about you? Um, so I agree with Dusty. Least favorite moment, collarbone. And it was funny because I saw this question a few minutes before we, we jumped on to record. And I was thinking, I'm like, there really haven't been that many bad moments. Because usually it's just a lot of funny things and, you know, the Randall Cobb again and the whole I own you thing you know we we've been on the right side of history here um so that one was one that stuck out to me you know favorite obviously the comeback that I was there to see that that one's always gonna hit home for me and then my favorite Chicago related food yeah not deep dish pizza sorry Steve I know that'll be your answer and we can debate more shortly um but I actually pretty recently, a few within a few months, I, I tried a Chicago Italian beef sandwich. Um, I know there's like different seasonings and that was quite good. Um, and, you know, I, I looked it up and I read that there's like a specific place. I think it's it's called Owls Port- or something. Portillo's is, the big, is one of the big ones. Owls is one of the other ones too. Yeah, that Owls, that Owls sandwich. Is yeah, and everyone was posting online about it. So, I mean, I'd like to visit Chicago one day and I'll definitely have to to try one of those places because I can't even remember where I ordered it from 
here, you know, it wasn't the real thing, wasn't authentic, but it was it was still quite good. Let's see, favorite memory in game, I would say, is when Rogers threw was it six touchdowns in the first half against the Bears? Yeah, like forty-two to nothing, or whatever. yeah, so just in something insane, and they were trying to—they're seeing if they could go for the record. But yeah, so that was one of the funnier ones. Um, but I will say my all-time favorite thing—I I quote tweeted it today because I will watch it's Randall Cobb again for two <laughs> minutes every time I see it. I will watch it to completion, like I did it today. I'll probably do it again before I go to bed. But that kid cracks me up like every single time and you just hear like the pain and sadness in his voice when he says it's Randall Cobb again How like I just is now I think we we were gonna try to get him on last season I want to see he's like in college now I hope that was his senior in high school I think school. he's got is it had Randall to have been. like again? I think he's got like a YouTube page or something like that and he's trying to do sports stuff but yeah um and then yeah I think Breaking the breaking this collarbone was probably the least favorite, and yeah, Chicago food. If you get a good deep dish pizza, man, oh, it's just it's gold. Like there's a Lou Malnati's now up in Milwaukee, and uh, and it's not something you get every week or every month or anything along those lines. But once when you get it that once in a while, like it hits. It is just you're you're full and you're happy, and then you're gonna take a, a four hour nap like a bear. So it's a good it's a good meal. <laughs> Um, all right. I think this is our last one. Um, what players will have a big game this week? And food question is favorite dessert, pie, cake, or cookies? So, Sarah, we'll start with you. And this one comes from Brian Hartstead again. Um, what player will have a big game this week and your favorite dessert? Yeah, so I'll pick one on offense, one on defense. On offense, I think Aaron Jones is going to have a big week this week. Really liked what I saw. He looked fast and strong every time he had the ball in his hands. And, um, you know, it's kind of been the theme, I feel like, of my discussion throughout this episode is that I just want to see more of him. Um, And he looks like he's just hungry and ready to go. And, um, you know, back at Lambeau, it seems like the opportunity will be there. And on defense, I think that Devondre Campbell is going to step up. Um, We know that. The group is beat up a little bit, and I think he'll really step up to the challenge and make sure that the job's taken care of there. Um, and I also have a good feeling that Eric Stokes is going to bounce back a little bit. Not the best showing from him in week one, but maybe returning home against the Bears um, will we'll kind of put a little pep in his step, and he'll play a bit better. Food question, favorite dessert, pie, cake, or cookies? I'm going cookies every single time. I absolutely love cookies. I feel like they're very versatile and I can also eat the most of them. You know, if I eat one slice of pie, I'm full. If I eat one slice of cake, I'm full, but I can have 10 cookies and be good to go. So I'm going to take cookies and, you know, Oreos are, are at the top of that list. Yeah. For me, I'll, I'll go, I'll just go one guy. I'm going to go, I'll go Christian Watson, man. Like he was, he had that, you know, that obviously the bomb on the first play, he was open on other plays. He had ran some nice routes, some good wiggle at the top. He had uh, some deep routes he was open on that, that Rodgers just did not have time to get to him. By the time he kind of was at a point to throw to, Rodgers was running for his life. So he had he was open, and I think if the they clean up some of those issues, it doesn't take much, man. You need an extra half second, an extra three-tenths of a second, and suddenly those, those sacks or those running for his lives are 
40 yard completion. So I think if they clean up some of the protection stuff and I think they, they brought in Zach Tom halfway through, I think being at home another week, you got the, the film study going on to kind of clean up some of their issues. Maybe they, maybe they keep someone back uh, to help a little with protection. They're going to clean some of that stuff up, give them just a little extra time, hit Watson on, on one or two of those big throws. So I'm going to go Watson uh, just cause he, he, I thought he looked good. There was a the drop. He didn't get a lot of chances, but, he was open just a little more time. So we'll go Watson and then food. Yeah. I tend to go with Sarah. I think like some, some good pies, like, I don't know, like I'm a sucker for like a strawberry rhubarb pie or pumpkin pie or derby pie, but I don't eat them very often. If I saw like, if there's a pie somewhere like, eh, yeah, I gotta be in the right mood, like a nice chocolate chip cookie, man, I'd go for a chocolate chip cookie just every single day. Um, probably to my own detriment. That probably explains a lot of things, I guess, probably. Uh, but yeah, I'll go, I'll go cookies. I'll go cookies, but it's hard to turn down like just, just a really good pie. I think I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers. I feel like it's a little bit of a cop-out answer, but I feel like this is going to be scorched earth Rodgers after this first week of not playing well and him owning the Bears uh, constantly. I think it's just something he's going to go and have a really, really good game where he might have um, you know, three – three, four touchdown passes with 275 and just clean, no picks, no nothing, just kind of picking that defense apart and and having a lot of fun. So, um, And then favorite dessert, pie, cake, or cookies? I will just answer yes. <laughs> uh, all of them. Just give me all of them. So. The best, that's the best answer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys for all the questions. That's uh, that's all we got for this week, guys. It's been fun breaking down uh, some some bad stuff from the Vikings game. What we're looking forward to the in the Bears game, but let's close this thing out with some final thoughts. Sarah, what do you got for us? Yeah, nothing this week except the Bears still suck. Uh, Packers <laughs> going to win, and everything will be okay. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that. You know, Twitter's been a dumpster fire, no surprise. You know, I've even contributed to it throughout a couple memes and, and such to try to um, heal the wounds a bit. But if the Packers beat up on the Bears, all will be healed and everyone will be happy again. So just remember that. The Bears still suck. We're in a good place. We're on the right side of history in this rivalry and everything will be okay. Agree to all that. Um, and yeah, for me, uh, it's just, you know, I'm kind of trying to get back into the swing of things, which means taking on entirely too much. So I'm not going to go through everything here, but I've got a lot of stuff out there this week. I've got uh, yesterday for Packer Report, I wrote about, uh, I think probably the, I think it was the biggest Aaron Jones gain on the day, I think 23 yards or something, and how the Packers used motion to create a mismatch there. It was not pony package, uh, but they did kind of use some pre-snap motion to get him lined up on a linebacker and get some outside shade, read the matchup there, and got a really nice gain out of there. Uh, so I looked at that at Packer Report. Today for Cheesehead TV, I'm looking at three plays, uh, with two of them bad. I've got the Watson drop, uh, which, you know, uh, I, maybe you want to read about that. Maybe you don't. Uh, second one is the Sedaria Smith sack, but I kind of looked at what the concept was. And that's another one where like, man, if Hanson was able to just muscle him inside and Rogers could take one slide step to the right, all he needed was like a 10th of a second. And he's got that to Randall Cobb in space. And that's, that's going for 15 yards minimum. Uh, so I looked at that one. And then the last one, because I like to look at nice plays to finish stuff off. I looked at a really cool, I did a video for this as well. Uh, a really cool take on a concept the Packers were running in the floor era, which is the all-go concept that defenses have just been throwing an umbrella over. So I looked at 
uh, kind of a new way the Packers, you know, maybe are looking to attack that. You're looking, you got a power run, you move them over, and then you kind of leak, leak tunning out the other side and replace uh, kind of replace in some of that area. So I looked at that, which is a really cool, I thought, uh, I thought this game in particular, I think was really cool. The kind of this, uh, what are they going to do without Devontae? We saw a lot of these core concepts dressed up just enough, just a little tweak to kind of re to kind of, uh, take advantage of how defenses had been playing against them. And this was one example that I really, really love. So that's on she said TV. I've got something on Substack going up about, their RPR, RPO usage in the game, which I'll be doing every week. And then the thing I'm most excited about, I got a handful of other videos I'm doing. It doesn't matter. The thing I'm most excited about earlier today, I guess yesterday, I talked to Sean Syed over at, uh, he's writing for Daily Norseman now. But he's, his Twitter handle is Syed Schemes. Been a huge fan of him for forever. He knows a ton of stuff about football, defensive, offensive side. And we spent a little over an hour uh, yesterday going through, I think, nine plays from this game. We're looking at the Vikings defensive structure on some plays and the Packers defensive structure. We kind of got into the whole, why doesn't Jair just travel with Justin Jefferson? We looked at the Preston Smith covering uh, Justin Jefferson in the slot, kind of how that happens, the domino effect of what happens if you change the defense too much around one player and all of that. And so if you're interested in that, again, that was an hour. So it was a little long. We got deep in the weeds, but uh, you know, I've been an admirer of that guys for a long time. So we all talked to him for about football for an hour was, was awesome. So again, stuff everywhere. I'm not going to show up about it on Twitter. If you follow me there, I will be reposting. I'm sure all of this, um, but yeah, trying to get back into the swing of uh, football. It's, it's, it's too much. It's too much, uh, but it's uh, a lot of stuff to dig into every, every game. So it's, uh, it's been a fun week, man. Very cool. Um, yeah, as, if you guys aren't following Dusty, I don't know why you're not. So make sure you're doing that at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Keller, for at Steve Perrach, at Pack Day Podcast. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything. Just um, as always, kind of, if, if you have anything going on, you need to vent, talk to somebody. Um, DMs are always open for that kind of stuff. You know, uh, been big on talking about mental health and how you need to make sure that's taken care of as well. It's just as important as your physical and mental well-being so um yeah just take care of yourself i know football's back and that's exciting but uh take some time for you thank you guys for listening as always we'll be back next week and as always go pack go Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.